Well, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here today. We've got people watching online. I want to say hello to everyone watching online and those in the sanctuary this morning. We're going to continue for the next uh, couple minutes looking at the names of God, getting to know God by name, understanding his amazing character by his name. And today we've got a, got a new name, Jehovah Goel, Jehovah Goel, redeeming God. And if you look at the signs uh, on the back wall, you'll see we'll fi we're filling the wall up. And today is redeeming God. Jehovah, and it's G-O-E-L, and it's redeeming God, and it's found in Isaiah is the Old Testament scripture. Then all mankind will know that I, the Lord, am your redeemer. Everyone say redeemer. redeemer. The mighty one of Jacob. So we're going to talk about our redeemer, God, the redeeming God, our redeemer. Now, if you look at the original language, it's pretty important that the, that word there, redeemer, means to purchase a slave out of the slave market. The EX is out and Agorazo is slave market. So God has redeemed us. He has purchased us off the slave market and we have been redeemed. Can I get an amen? How many of you are here today and you have been redeemed. You are no longer slaves, the Bible says. Now he says, I call you, what? Friend. What a wonderful reminder that we are no longer slaves, but we are friends of God. We've been purchased. We've been redeemed. And we are no longer slaves. We are the friends of God, sons and daughters. And so that is the powerful word, uh, redeemer. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, you've heard that a million times. There's another translation that I, much, I like much better. It says this. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. I like that. See, God has redeemed you not just so you can say so. There's not a whole lot of power in saying so. There is incredible amount of power when those that have been purchased out of slavery, they are free. There's incredible amount of power when the redeemed tell their story. Now, church, you have a story. You have something to say. You have been redeemed to redeem. God didn't redeem you just so he could wipe his hands and say, oh, that's good, thank you, you're out of slavery and you're free, just say so. That really doesn't cut it. You have been redeemed, you have been purchased, you've been brought out of slavery and you have been redeemed and the Bible says let the redeemed tell their story. You have been redeemed to redeem. There is a purpose behind your redemption. It is to tell the story and redeem others and redeem the time. You've been saved to help save. You've been redeemed to help redeem. There's a purpose behind your redemption. Can I get an amen? So the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord 
tell their story. You've got a story to tell. When was the last time you shared your story? When was the last time you shared your faith? When was the last time you said so and you declared what God has done for you? You're redeemed, and because you're redeemed, you are now in the business of helping to redeem. You redeem others, and you redeem the time, and you make up for what was lost in slavery. Now, I like redeeming. I like the story of redemption. I like to take things that are lost and useless and worthless, and I love to see them redeemed. Many of you know that um, a couple years ago, about a month before Austin's accident, I was in Idaho, and I took a piece of wood randomly out of the boat, and it looked good, and I brought it home. And there was a hurricane, you remember, in August of 2019, and I got bored, so I thought to myself, I'm going to paint a picture of one of the trout that I caught on this piece of driftwood, and I did that. Well, little did I know Austin's accident, and little did I know the therapy of, of, of painting, and, and, and it, was, it was just a way for me to kind of escape and get away, and I've, been, I've now done over 200 fish. I love redeeming things. So let me just show you a couple of new pieces of wood that I've been working on, and to some people, these are just pieces of wood. This happens to be cottonwood bark. This is the bark off of a tree in Idaho. Uh, we went last year, and as the guys were fishing, I found these on the side of the bank, and as they were fishing, I was collecting wood. <laughs> and they were making fun of me. I had the boat filled with about 50 people. You should see the people at the airport when I, when I asked about my check bags, and it was a bunch of cottonwood bark that I took that was just useless Discarded. This is from, uh, we went to Georgia, Sea Island, a couple weeks ago for, uh, for a wedding, and we were walking the beach, and I just happened to find three or four pieces of useless wood that I turned into a, a, little, bit of, a little bit of art. Now, these are just two pieces that I've been working on recently, and, 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 and they're, not, they're not like, they're not Picasso grade. I'm not trying to be Michelangelo. But as I was starting to think about this, I, I thought there's something spiritual about taking pieces of wood and turning them into artwork. Useless, meaningless, discarded pieces of wood turned into artwork to glorify God. Now watch this. God's in the business of taking people that have been discarded, overlooked, abandoned. He's in the business of taking people and buying them out of slavery and releasing them to live a life of redemption so that they can help redeem the time that we're in. These pieces of wood are, they're like you, they're like me, we're just old Ugly brown pieces of wood until God does what? <laughs> Redeems us. And I want you to get the message here today that God has redeemed you for a purpose. 
There is a reason why you have been redeemed, and it is to help redeem and to also redeem the time. As a church, we need to make up for what was lost. And you do that by redeeming the time. So what I want to talk to you today about real quickly is, is, is the redeemed, redeeming the time and making the most of every opportunity and making sure that we are living a life of purpose and a life of destiny. We're just not brown pieces of wood, abandoned and useless, discarded. There is beauty in our lives. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And that's what we want to talk about today. Now, I want you to go to a verse of Scripture in 2 Timothy. And, and uh, it's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 21. Now, part of it is up there on the screen, but I want you to go to this verse of Scripture. And I'm going to help redeem a verse of Scripture that has been overlooked. And I'm going to try to make sense of this. Are you all with me this morning? This is a scripture that I have never read. This is a scripture that I have been in church all my life. I have never heard anyone talk about this verse of scripture. It's overlooked, abandoned. You read through the Bible and you're in a hurry to get through the Bible, you just kind of run right over it. It's a redheaded stepchild with freckles, verse that has been overlooked, but I'm going to bring it to life today as we talk about redemption. This verse of scripture you have not memorized. I will promise you if you look in your Bible, this verse of scripture is not highlighted. It's not circled, but it's filled with rich purpose and destiny as we talk about redeeming the time. And here it is. You're going to get blessed right here. You're getting ready to get blessed right here. You ready? Here it goes. Paul's writing to Timothy and he says this, do your best to get here before winter. How many of you got blessed there? How many, how many sense that blessing? See, it just doesn't do very much, does it? Do your best to get here before winter. You know, we Christians like to take verses of Scripture, we like to make them popular, don't we? We like to put them on magnets and put them on bumper stickers. And, and remember the prayer of Jabez, that obscure prayer in the Old Testament it came alive. There was a song. There was a movie. There was, there was, there was pens and papers and, and conferences on the prayer of Jabez. We Christians like to take scriptures and make something bigger out of them. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of good. So today I'm on a campaign. I'm going to take this scripture and I'm going to make this into the next prayer of Jabez. Do your best to get here before winter. Eight words. I got the web domain. Do your best to get here before winter.com. Because I don't know about you, but I get blessed when I see this. I get blessed when I hear this. No one's preached it, never memorized it. It's not going to be on your refrigerator. 
until today because Pastor Scott is such a wonderful person. In the lobby, we have magnets that you could put on your refrigerator. Do your best to get here before winter. I pray you're getting blessed today. We got, we got magnets. We got bumper stickers. In the lobby today, you want to get your bumper sticker. Do your best to get here before winter. It's going to be a blessing. We got, we got hats. Yeah, hats. We got coffee mugs. Do your best to get here before winter. And last of all, wouldn't be complete without a t-shirt. Do your best to get here before winter. Doesn't mean much until you, you start to go back and, and get a little bit of history of, of who wrote this scripture and what this story is about. Paul was writing to Timothy. Paul was in prison in Rome. He was under the, the, the terrible leadership of a guy by the name of Nero, Rome's fifth emperor, Nero. Nero's name means, I know you're thinking, what does the name mean? His name means uh, uh, the strong one. And he was an evil man, filled with debauchery and sin. He was, he was so evil that, that uh, historians tell us that he, that he killed his mom and killed two of his wives. He came into power as a 16-year-old, and he was finally the end of his leadership at the age of 30 from committing suicide. Paul was in prison and Nero was getting ready to, 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 to uh, uh, behead Paul. Paul's getting ready to lose his life. He's getting ready to lose his head. He's getting ready to become a martyr under the leadership of Nero and in the urgency of those moments, watch this, Paul pens a letter to Timothy and says this, Timothy, you've been redeemed. Time is short. It's time for you to tell your story. We don't know how long we have, Timothy, but I want you to do your best to get here before winter. See, Paul knew that, that the navigational system back in that day, if Timothy didn't make a choice to, 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 to get there and to go early, that it would be too late for him and the window of opportunity would be closed because of the weather and the climate and the seas. So as Paul's getting ready to lose his life, 
He writes back to Timothy and says, Timothy, you've been redeemed. I want you to tell your story. Time is short. I'm getting ready to lose my life. Do your best to get here before winter. Winter is symbolic of a season in our calendar. It's a time when most things go dormant. There's not a whole lot of growth. Paul was encouraging Timothy to make the most of every opportunity and make sure that you prioritize that you get here to see me before winter. I don't know about you, but I want to memorize this verse of scripture. I want to put this verse of scripture on my refrigerator. I want to get a bumper sticker. I want to get a t-shirt. I want to get a hat. I want to go to a website that reminds me, as Paul's writing to Timothy, make sure you redeem the time. You have been redeemed to redeem. Make sure you get here before winter. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Can I tell you something, church? Winter's coming. We don't have forever. As a church, we've got a window of opportunity to redeem and to tell our story and to let the world know that God has saved us and he's full of grace and full of mercy and full of kindness and it's our responsibility, like Timothy, to make sure that we accomplish our goals and we make the most of every opportunity. Are you all still with me today? Do your best. Do your best. Do your best. You can't do it all. No one's heaping a bunch of condemnation on you trying to, trying to get you to do everything in the flesh. This is not about a flesh work. This is about a work of the spirit. And Paul wrote to Timothy, do your best to make sure you get here by winter. Let's talk about how to redeem the time. I want to take you to one more scripture, and then we're going to uh, get into uh, seven principles I believe are going to help us redeem the time. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. You guys are just so blown away by the cups and the hats and the t-shirts. and the, it's, it's amazing. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 14. This is Paul writing again. Ephesians chapter 5 is not in your notes. This is all free here today. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 14. Wake up, O sleeper. How many know some people that are sleeping? I mean, you're not today. You're here, and hopefully those online are not sleeping. How many know people that are sleeping? Okay, sirrah, sirrah. Whatever will be, will be. I've been redeemed, and I'm just going to take it easy. I'm out of slavery, and I'm, I'm free now, so I'm just going to sleep through the rest of my life. I'm not going to tell my story. I'm not going to worry about deadlines. I'm not going to worry about getting there before winter. Hey, I'm retired. I can just hang loose. Really? 
Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Tom, do your best to get there before winter. Finish well. Redeem the time. Seize the moment. And Paul writes here in Ephesians, wake up. You're sleeping. You're slacking. Wake up from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, be very careful then as you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. How do I redeem the time? How do I make sure I get there before winter? How do I do my best to finish well and redeem the time because I've been redeemed? Number one, if you're still with me, let me hear an amen. Number one, you've got to remind yourself... To lean on God's strength. Lean on God's strength. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. All right, everybody look at me just for, for a moment. This is no condemnation. This is no guilt. It's a work of the spirit. It's got to be done by the spirit. And you've got to say, and I can't do it for you. You've got to say in your heart, God, I want to get there by winter. God, I want to finish well. God, I want to redeem the time. I can't do it in my own strength. Would you please give me the power of the Holy Spirit to help me to redeem the time because the days are evil. Rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to give you the courage and the strength you need to redeem the time. Number two, how do I redeem the time, Pastor Scott? How do I get by there, there by winter? Number two, reflect on the brevity of life. Reflect on the brevity of life. Psalm 92, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now watch this. I did some research. A lot of you guys here like numbers. You like statistics. Here it is. The life expectancy of the average American living today is 77 years, 0.2. If you multiply 77 Point two times 365, here is the number that I want you to understand that you have in regards to averages. You have 28,178 days. That's it. If I were you, I can't make you do it. I would write that number, 28,178. And every day look at it. Why? Because that's a reminder that if we are going to redeem the time, we've got to realize that the brevity of life, we're not here forever. 77.2 years. Teach us to number our days. Why? Because that helps you and it motivates you and it inspires you to redeem the time because you know that life is short. Number three, you want to redeem the time, not only realize that life is short, but realize the uncertainty of tomorrow. James chapter 4, it's in your notes, look at this, verse 13 to 17. Now listen. Now what do you think he's, he means when he says now listen? Yeah, I think he means listen, wake up, 
You who say today or tomorrow we will go to this town or city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Instead, I ought to say to you, if it's the Lord's will, we will live there and do this and that. As it you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, for him it's sin. Wow. Realize the uncertainty of tomorrow. A couple of years ago, I did, a, I did a funeral. I'd heard my dad say this a hundred times in his ministry. He'd always say, today could be your last chance. And so I started using that phrase because my dad did. I'm not sure I really believed it, but I just started using it. And it just so happens that this funeral, it was the first funeral that Aaron, my son, played the music for, and, and it was, there was probably two, 300 people at this funeral. A teenager passed away. And as I am doing the eulogy, I got very passionate at the end of the, of the service. And I repeated what I heard my dad say. This could be your last moment. I remember this funeral because I went in the lobby before the funeral and the lobby of the funeral smelled like marijuana and alcohol. The whole lobby reeked of drugs and alcohol. The kids were so despondent that the only thing they could turn to was pot and drinking. And they sat there almost dazed as I was preaching. And I said it once, this could be your last moment. I said it twice, this could be your last moment. I remember saying it three times, this could be your last moment. We closed the service, and within 30 minutes, two girls in that sanctuary were hit head-on at 436 and passed away. Within another two days, another two people passed away. Within three or four days, four people had passed away that was in that service. That helps you to realize the uncertainty of tomorrow. We've got to redeem the time. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I want to get there before winter. And it's healthy to recognize that we don't have forever. Number four, you want to redeem the time? Remember that time is your most prized possession. Look what Charles Spurgeon used to say to himself every morning he'd wake up. The truest lengthening of life is to live while we live, wasting no time, using every hour for the highest ends, so be it this day. I love that. What was Charles Spurgeon saying? He was saying that time is my most prized possession. John chapter 9, verse 4, as long as it is okay, the day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Are you all with me this morning? Time is your most valuable possession. Use it wisely. Number five, number five. You want to redeem the time? Release yourself from the past. 
Now watch this. God has already released you. God has already forgiven you. God has already redeemed you. And you want to know why a lot of people don't get there before winter? It's because they're focused on the past. You can't get where God wants you to go if you're living in the past. And God has forgiven us. God has redeemed us. It's time for us to forgive ourselves and release ourselves from the past. How many know somebody who lives in the past? Guess what? When you camp out in the past, you will never get there before winter because you're going to miss the opportunity because you're dwelling in the past. We don't have time to go there, but in Genesis there's a great story uh, of Lot and his wife. God's pulling them, watch this, out of Egypt into the promised land, right? Now, watch this, church. God is removing this church out of Egypt, and we're going to the promised land. We're going to get there. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail. We're going to just wait a few weeks and just let this thing sit. But God is pulling us out of Egypt and into the promised land. And God said to Lot and his wife, I want you to go. I want you to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. I want you to set your mind on redeeming the time and getting there before winter. And as they're walking out, the Bible says that Lot's wife, she turned back. What was she doing? She was living in the past. And the Bible says she became a pillar of salt. Now, when I read that pillar of salt, like, I don't, I don't think much of that. I think like a, a bunch of Morton salt all piled up on top of each other. That doesn't do much for me until you look in the original language and the meaning of the word. A pillar of salt means a statue. Fixed in place. Redeemed. Called. Saved. But living in the past. And the Bible says she became a pillar of salt. Fixed in time. Looking back. You can't get there before winter if you become a statue. Do you all know what people are doing to statues these days? God wants you to redeem the time. You don't have time to live in the past. Watch this. We appreciate, we love, we cherish, we're grateful, we are touched by what God has done at this church for the past 103 years. But we're not living in the past. We're not camping out. We're not going to be a statue. We don't forget about what happened. We just don't focus on it, and we don't live in the past. You can't get to Rome before winter if you're living in the past. There's some of you here today, you're camping out and you're a statue, and you'll never be able to tell your story of redemption if you're living in the past. A bankruptcy, an abortion, an addiction, Secret sin, alcoholism, lust, pride, greed, 
Whatever it is, you've been redeemed. Let the redeemed tell the story. Get there before winter, and you do that by not camping out in the past and moving forward. Can I get an amen? amen. Bruce, if you go to the keyboard, we've got we to gotta play some good redemption music here. <laughs> Number six, you want to redeem the time? Recognize God-given opportunities. Circle that word there, God-given opportunities. 1 Corinthians 16 says this, be alert. Everyone say be alert. Watch this. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Watch this. You can't be strong, you can't be courageous, you can't stand in the faith if you're not alert. Wake up. Be alert. Wake up every single morning saying, God, I'm looking for you to open up doors for me to redeem the time. i got a story to tell. I've been redeemed. There's people who need to hear about this. There's somebody who needs to hear my story. I'm going to get there before winter. I need to be alert and looking for things. You want to know why I find so many of these pieces of wood? because I'm intentional. You find what you're looking for. Hmm. Last time I was down in Cuba, I brought my camera with me. And I was intentional on one of the days off to take photos of people's faces. You should come to my office and see the pictures. I'm not like a, I'm not a good photographer. I'm not a good painter. But I've learned to be Intentional. So I had that day off, and I was walking around, and I was just looking for faces. I got an old guy with a cowboy hat on, a big old stogie in his mouth. Oh, fantastic picture. I got a lady at a restaurant eating a piece of pizza, and the cheese is stretching out, and it, it, it's, it's this long, and she's smiling at me with a big old piece of cheese hanging out. Beautiful. But if I didn't wake up that afternoon or that morning and say, I'm going to take some photos of some Cubans, beautiful people. I'm going to take some pictures. I would have missed every opportunity. As I'm walking down the beach with my family in Sea Island, in the back of my mind, I'm not thinking, there's going to be some wood out here. <laughs> Millions of people are going to pass by it, but there's beauty in that piece of wood. You see, you find what you're looking for. And I'm praying that God will raise up men and women in this church, Belle Isle Community Church, that are waking up saying, I've got a story to tell. I'm redeemed. I want to get there before winter. And you get there before winter by looking for God-given opportunities. And when God opens the door, you just simply walk through. That's redeeming the time. That's how you get there before winter. Look for God to open up doors for you to tell your story. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And let God open up doors. Number seven. We got to go. 
You want to redeem the time? You want to get there before winter? Learn to say yes and no more. Learn to say yes and no more. Look at this quote by Jordan Raynor. To redeem our time in the model of our Redeemer. By the way, let's stop right there just for a few moments. God's a Redeemer. The DNA of redeeming is in you. You are a Redeemer. To redeem our time in the model of our Redeemer, we must develop the habit of identifying what matters most at any given time. Say yes. Say no. To redeem our time, he goes on, we need to get crystal clear on what matters most. We must clarify what we're saying yes to so we can say no to the non-essentials. Can I tell you all something? Are you all still with me? There's some that will never get to Rome in the wintertime because they're consumed with the non-essentials. You're never going to get there. If you don't learn to say no and learn to say yes, you'll never get to Rome. And that window is going to be closed because you're bogged down in non-essentials. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants to bog you down in non-essentials. Can I give this to you real quick? I got this on the, way to, on the way here. I wrote this in my notes as I was driving 55 miles an hour. Because <laughs> I love you. I'm willing to risk my life to feed my sheep. Non-essentials, number one, will cause you to be bored. You'll be bored. No drive. No ambition. Loss of interest. That's what happens when you get bogged down in non-essentials. Number two, it, it not only bogs you down and you lose your interest, but number two, it distracts you. Number three, it causes you to be ineffective. Number four, watch this powerful one, it causes you to lose your joy. Number five, it robs your energy. And number six, it steals your purpose. Non-essentials. I'm sorry? Lose your purpose. Loss of purpose. Loss of joy. Loss of energy. That's what happens to you when you get bogged down in the non-essentials. I'm going to close with this real quick. You all know this one. I have come that you may have life. I have come that you, the redeemed Belal Community Church, would redeem the time. I have come so that you will get there before winter. I have come so that you will tell your story. I've come that you may have life, but there's a force that has also come, and he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Watch this. If he can't kill you, he'll steal from you. If he can't steal from you, he will destroy you. And this is the definition of what it means to destroy, to render useless. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do in your life. 
He wants to get you to focus on the non-essentials so that you're useless. Just a piece of wood sitting on a beach, abandoned, called destroyed. And when you stay there, you will never become all that God wants you to be. God wants you to redeem the time. Tell your story. Live in the DNA of our Redeemer and tell your story and redeem the time. You got 28,178 days. Say yes more and say no more. And you'll get there before winter. You'll get there. Live in a life of purpose, a, pur a life of destiny. Guess what? Our church, we're going to get there. We're not going to be bogged down in the past. God's doing something. And, and, and we're going to set our eyes forward. We're going to thank God for the past, but we're going to move forward to become all that God wants us to do because he has redeemed us to redeem. And that's what God has for you today. The God who redeems wants you to redeem the time. Would you stand up across the auditorium just for a few moments? I know what some of y'all are thinking. Past 10 minutes, you've totally turned me off because you're thinking about getting your bumper sticker. <laughs> some of you that have turned me off, if you don't humble yourself and ask God for his help and his strength, you're never going to get to Rome by winter. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story.